0: Now, the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. I'm your host here every week. We bring you tips, education, and updates on everything relating to your home. Whether you are in the real estate market thinking of buying or selling, or if you have no intention of moving and you're just looking for decorating or improvement ideas, things to do around the house, this is a great place for you to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, Mortgage Broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellis, Insurance Advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Bove. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction or around your home, give any of the Whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you it's been my pleasure here being your host here every week for the last five years uh and we've now i think episode 260 or close to anyways uh, i've been selling real estate here in greater victoria since 1991 i've handled hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of transactions here in greater victoria Proud to be ranked as one of the top producing agents at REMAX Western Canada. I'd be pleased to help you as well, too. If you're looking for a discussion, you want to know about the market, what's happening, uh, or an evaluation, you want to get some information uh, to help you go from point A to point B, uh, just reach out to me. Be happy to chat with you. You can find my contact information and the rest of the whole Home Show team members by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows, there you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe, or you could always just reach out to me as well too. And as I say a lot, I love hearing from you. I hear from our CFAX listeners every week. Somebody's got a question, including uh, looking for connections for people that they heard about on this program, maybe even months ago or years ago. As a reminder, by the way, folks, if you're a podcast listener, you can download all of our episodes by going to um, iTunes or Google Play. Look uh, look for The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All of our episodes are there. You can go back five years, including hearing from uh, my last interview with today's guest, Back in 2017, I interviewed her, and it's great to have her back uh, this week. Of course, our guest is Mayor Lisa Helps. It's my honor to have her as a guest on our program today. Uh, Of course, you are listening to this a week before the municipal election, when a new mayor will be elected, because Mayor Lisa is not running again. Uh, It's going to be great having a chit-chat with her about uh, how... How her term was, how her eight years, two terms uh, were, uh, things that she accomplished, maybe things that she wished she had. Uh, We're going to have a fantastic conversation. Uh, And again, I'm thrilled to have her her here uh, on our program as a guest yet again. We always start our program having a conversation about issues, matters, or things that are happening, including questions that you, our listeners, have that you'd like answered and aired on the program. As a reminder, if you have something that you'd like me to cover, want to chat about, uh, or have a conversation on, just reach out to me. Uh, visit cfax1070.com or google me tony joe tony joe real estate here in greater victoria i'd happy to bring it up since we have mary lisa helps today though what i did want to have a conversation about is the because of course municipal elections as i mentioned a moment ago um the real estate community has layers or levels of governance as well too so um of course, you're familiar with the real estate population. You see realtors. Realtors are open, open hou- holding open houses, showing your neighbors houses, uh, all of those fun things. Uh, of course, the realtor's role is to help people in their purchase or sale of real estate uh, and that's what we do, marketing, negotiating, number of other things too. We are all members of the Victoria Real Estate Board. The Real Estate Board uh, serves 1600 members, just like myself, Provides services. You know, if you ever wonder about, hey, why is all? Why are all realtors on the same lockbox system? Or why are realtors on the same MLS system? Well, it's because that's what the Victoria Real Estate Board provides. The Real Estate Board does other things as well too, including um, member services. There is community relations uh, because this year, the Victoria Real Estate Board uh, has made sizable donations to uh, charities in our community. And they do that through collection of dues of the 1,600 members. Other things too, like business practices, professional standards, uh, that is when a licensee uh, perhaps does something wrong and a complaint is lodged. Yes, folks, there is the avenue for complaints through the Real Estate Board. Uh, the Real Estate Board also provides education and government Relate government liaison, the government liaison committee, because, of course, after all, this is the capital of British Columbia uh, here in greater Victoria. So uh, the government liaison uh, committee uh, is there to bring up uh, issues, items, uh, not just for the real estate community, but brought on by consumers as well, too. We have the British Columbia Real Estate Association, which uh, consists of 23,000 members in 10 different real estate boards. You think about areas, there's Victoria, there's the Vancouver Island Real Estate Board, which is pretty well Malahat North all the way to the north of the island. Uh, there's the Interior Realtors, which is the Okanagan and other areas. The Lower Mainland is Fraser Valley Real Estate Board, the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. Uh, there's ten uh, member boards for the British Columbia Real Estate Association, which again provides things like education, um, economics. BCREA has a fantastic economics division uh, with their in-home staff uh in-house staff uh economist brendan Ogmanson, who's been a guest here a couple of times as well too um and again there's a government relations committee at bcrea uh, which same thing brings up uh housing related matters uh on behalf of either realtors uh, or consumers and then finally there is the national association which is the CREA, uh, crea the canadian real estate association uh if you're ever wondering who provides realtor.ca? You know that app that you use when you're shopping for properties? That is Korea. That's 150,000 members in Canada. Remember I said 23,000 of them are in BC. There's about 70,000 in Toronto alone, if you can believe it. It's, it's the biggest real estate board in the world, by the way, Toronto. Um, so Korea represents 150,000 uh, realtor members, provides Uh, realtor.ca, and some other services that your realtors use. For instance, uh, online um, uh, form uh, management through something called web forms. That is also a national uh, initiative. Um, But getting back to governance and government uh, matters, as I said, Victoria has government liaison. British Columbia has, uh, British Columbia Real Estate Association has government relations. And CREA has the Federal Affairs Committee, FAC. Same thing. Uh, it is a uh, lo- lobbying group, lobbying on behalf of members. What are some things, for instance, uh, that you know, housing affordability is a major topic at all levels of uh, organized real estate. Uh, housing supply, Uh, As well. Some areas, for instance, in British Columbia, flood prevention is a topic that comes up um, uh, every once in a while. Uh, You might be wondering, though, you might be asking, well, what does the real estate community have in interest for things like affordability? I thought realtors were supposed to make drive prices upwards. You know, that's what people say to us. No, folks, let's remember the real estate community represents both buyers and sellers. So yes, we want to help people buying. We would love to see more affordable housing. On the flip side, when a buyer becomes an owner, they become a seller at some point. They want to maximize their value as well too. There are conflicting objectives between uh, buyers and sellers. There's no question there. That's the reason why they went away with this whole dual agency thing right? Which I talked about a few weeks ago. Um, But housing affordability is important because one of the things that we, the real estate community, sells, that's not just houses, folks. It's not just houses, condos, townhouses, or whatever. It's the community, the community that people live in you know when people are moving here from out of town they want to know about schools they want to know about recreation they want to know about parks Uh, they want to know about shopping they want to know about restaurants cafes all of those things that's the job of the real estate person and that's one of the reasons why many of us take such a keen interest in the community including serving on boards or committees outside of organized real estate but in the community as a whole which is the reason why people like me happen and to know people like lisa helps and have served on committees and uh have done things in areas that are not real estate related i mean folks i spent time working with homelessness as the co-chair of the greater victoria coalition and homelessness a couple or actually it was 12 years ago now hard to believe um why do we do that it has nothing to do with real estate well it has to do with the community and if you're wondering again Why your realtor has a keen interest in all of these things? It's because we sell the community. That's what it's all about. Speaking of all that, again, I'm thrilled to have our guest on today. Mayor Lisa Helps will be joining us after the break here. We're going to hear all about her time, two terms as a mayor, uh, and also a term as a city councilor, things that she accomplished, things that uh, are still works in order, and maybe her thoughts about uh, some suggestions or recommendations to incoming council and mayor. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070 thanks for coming back here listening to the whole home show and i'm tony joe it is my honor to have with us today as a guest uh the mayor of the city of victoria and of course we are pre-recording this this is friday it's airing uh tomorrow so you're listening to it the day after we recorded it um but she is the mayor of victoria for not too many more days of course it is lisa helps uh mayor lisa thanks for joining us
1: yeah thanks for the opportunity great to be back
0: Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it's uh, we're a few days away from the next election, so the, um, the landscape is going to look a little different uh, in about a week's time or so, right?
1: It's going to look very different. Yeah, we'll see what happens next Saturday night, and then the next council is, uh, is sworn in on November the 3rd, and they will, uh, they'll take it from there.
0: Yeah, oh, my goodness. I have so much to talk with you about because a lot has happened in the eight years you've been the mayor. And of course, you're on the council for uh, a term before that as well, too. Uh, I actually, I had to look back because it's been, uh, you were here on the program in 2017. I'm remiss uh, uh, for not having you back since then. Uh, But, you know, I know you're a busy person, so.
1: I am, yeah, that's okay. It's good to be back today.
0: Yeah, okay. So, um, eight years. Um, I guess a question that most people will have is, in your time as the mayor, and on the top of housing, because of course this is a real estate-related program, what are you most what are you most proud of? what What did you achieve that that um, that just makes you happy?
1: I think there are two things that uh, that come to mind. The first is the regional housing first program. And for people that don't know what that is, because it's, you know, when things go well in this region, they get very little press. uh, When Things go badly. So the Regional Housing First program is one of the things that's gone really well. Uh, That was, uh, and it's just about wrapping up now. So that was a program that the CRD, Capital Regional District, took a really bold step at the urging of, of Victoria Council, but it ended up passing unanimously at the CRD board put forward $30 million to build affordable housing, um, subject to the province and the federal government also stepping up with 30 million. And they did that. Uh, and then uh, we got to uh, close to the end of the 90 million and knew that we needed a bit more and each level of government put in another 10 million. So. That started in 2016, and it's wrapping up now, $120 million. Uh, and that's leveraged close to um, $600 million in construction value and close to 2,000 units of, of affordable rental housing, including uh, something like 370 units that rent at 375 a month. Um, the reason that I feel so proud of that is because it really, for the first time, was the whole region coming together and saying this is something that matters to us. Uh, And a lot of the units are being built in in Langford and Souk, uh, a few in Victoria as well. So we're seeing that kind of regional um, approach to housing. So that's one. Uh, Do you want me to jump into the other one? Oh, please. The other one is, you know, this is really something that should have happened a long time ago, which is making better use of city-owned land for housing. Uh, And that, you know, I think we've got close to 500 or maybe even a little bit more, actually, by the time the Pandora, anyways, let's say close to 600 units uh, in some stage right now of building uh, or the the development process on city owned land. So we partnered with the school district in Burnside Gorge for 88 units of um, affordable housing for families and a daycare. 158 uh, being constructed right beside Vic High outside my back door here, Uh, another 220 units that will be under construction on Pandora, and then 130 units of affordable housing on top of our beautiful new fire hall on Johnson Street. So that to me is something that should have happened a long time ago, and uh, it didn't, but it did happen over these last eight years and, you know, close. To, I don't know what all the math is, 600 or even more units uh, under construction on, on land that's owned by the city and run by nonprofits and affordable in perpetuity.
0: You know, it's really important to mention as well, too. I, I think people sometimes don't really realize there was a point there was a 20 or 25 year uh, span of time where there was no purpose built uh, rental housing happening. Uh, I think it's greater Victoria. But there just there are, um, uh, there just was not a lot. The impetus to build wasn't there, and that's the reason why a lot of this catch up is happening, right?
1: Absolutely, and unfortunately, because of everything, rising interest rates, rising construction costs, etc., the window on rental construction is really it's closing, if not closed. And so I'm glad that we kind of shoved through as much as, as much as we could while the conditions were good. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's it's going to be much more challenging.
0: It does bring up the question, though, every once in a while, because housing is so important, affordable housing, and there's that whole definition of affordability as well, too. What ends up happening is people start complaining about how busy th- things seem, you know, getting around in traffic and, and all that, um, forgetting about the fact that this is a byproduct. This is what happens when uh, housing is being provided, and and there's, there's a lot more uh you know that the the city or a a municipality needs to plan to serve and service all these people that are that are living in places that they didn't live before right
1: yeah absolutely i mean i would i would say over the last eight years, Victoria has taken its place in Canada as a big city. Uh, and that is surprising to people who've lived here for 30 years. It 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 didn't feel like a big city. There weren't big apartment buildings downtown. There wasn't the level of, uh, you know, n- number of people uh, everywhere, level of construction, and so on. And I think that's been, you know, it's it's a bit of a psychological shift, but the the outcome of building housing is you build a city.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and unfortunately, there are some that kind of, you know, they 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 always wanted Victoria to be a sleepy little town and quiet. But the problem is, it's a it's it's Canada's worst kept secret. I mean, yeah, people come well, here for exactly. a reason, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, and and we've got you know one of the, we have one of the strongest economies in the country as well, with uh, you know tech sector booming. Uh, construction sector booming, obviously the, the seat of government uh, and, and lots of, of building as we were discussing. So when you have a strong economy, you're going to be attracting workers from across the country and around the world.
0: Yeah, this is something that that we do bring up on a on a regular basis. Unlike a uh, a mill town or or you know a a uh, natural resources town, where if a mill shuts down, like Port Alice a number of years ago, you know the town goes quiet. Victoria is it's multifaceted because it has all those things that you mentioned: technology, uh, government, military. Um, uh, people move here just for lifestyle, and and there's tourism and all this stuff. Uh, there's so much that Victoria has to offer, right?
1: Absolutely. Well, and in fact, and I only discovered this at the end of the day yesterday, uh, Destination Greater Victoria has been profiling it a bit today, but we were, uh, yet uh, October 4th, so I guess on Tuesday, listed once again in Condé Nast Traveler as the second best small city in the world. And you could, you know, there's a ranking of 10 and we rank uh, uh, above some pretty spectacular places.
0: Well, uh, and perhaps this is something that locals just kind of take for granted, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Some locals take it for granted. And some locals uh, look around the city and, and only see all the negative things and think it's the worst place on earth to live. But I really think that those folks are, are in the minority. And yes, of course, there are problems. Let's not pretend there aren't. But every big city has problems. And um, we're we're facing them all together.
0: Well, speaking of Big cities and cities. This is one of the other things as well, too. I mean, we, here we are in a region with a number of municipalities. And, you know, you as the mayor of Victoria, it's interesting because there are regional issues that occur in greater Victoria, that um, for some reason, the city of Victoria uh, seems to, 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 to bear a lot of the brunt of it when, you know, homelessness, for instance, isn't just the city of Victoria, it exists in other municipalities as well, too. Right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think homelessness is something that's really gotten out of hand in this country uh, over the last few decades. I'm the co-chair of the BC Urban Mayor's Caucus with um, the mayor of Kelowna, Colin Bazran, and there are 13 of us at that table. We represent 55% of British Columbians uh, in our cities, and every one of our cities is facing the exact same thing not enough housing, not enough housing with supports, not enough health care for people who are obviously in very dire straits and should not be uh, out on the streets. And, you know, because Victoria is where the services are and same with Prince George and same with Kamloops and Kelowna, that's where people tend to come if they lose their homes, which which makes sense. So you got to go to where you're going to get care.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's such a big picture. One that I want to dive into a little bit more after we, uh, we take our break here. We're having a chat today with mayor lisa helps and we are just a few days away from the next election so uh, it's great having you here on um your your last days in this uh very uh, uh um well-known position need to take our break here we'll be back in just a moment now the whole home show with tony joe on cfax 1070 Thanks for coming back. you listen to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in anything home or real estate related, just give any of the Whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. As a reminder, if you need to find their contact information, just visit cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony, Joe. All of their contact information is there. Or just reach out to me as you often do on a regular basis. I love hearing from our loyal listeners uh, every single week. We are chatting today uh, again with Mayor Lisa Helps. I last had Lisa on the program in 2017. I was looking back uh, into the uh, into the archives. By the way, You can find that on the podcast. And, um, you know, we were talking about things uh, that are not much different uh, than today, of course, housing related. Uh, Again, Mayor Lisa, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. It's great to be back.
0: You were talking, but just before the break, about homelessness and how um, you sit on committee with the mayor of Kelowna. I have to say, I was in Kelowna two weeks ago. And I was staying downtown for the first time, because usually I stay out of town. Um, But the amount of uh, street population, uh, and especially at the park there, it really was, it really was something. I I, got to say, I was a little surprised.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, again, not to put too fine a point on it, but some sometimes folks look around Victoria, and they say there's a lot of people there are a lot of people experiencing homelessness in Victoria or you know what's wrong with Victoria so on and so forth but I know from the BC Urban Mayors Caucus uh, every mayor gets what's wrong with Prince George what's wrong with Nanaimo what's wrong with Kamloops what's wrong with Kelowna and and so on Um, and I think you know one of the things that we need to grapple with as a community and as a country is that homelessness is very unfortunately an issue in urban canada and it should not be in such a prosperous wealthy country we should not have people living on our streets anywhere in anywhere in this country
0: mm-hmm. such such an important point and i i think back to my time as the uh, co-chair of the gertie victoria coalition in homelessness back in from 2009 to 2011 we had the mandate at the time to end homelessness by 2018. And yet here we are, you know, four years past that, uh, past that time. And it it continues on. I mean, there's, there's just so much, um, you know, it, within the economy, within uh, all things that it's, it's, it's just something that, that uh, the mag- there is no magic bullet. There's no, no magical it's, fix.
1: It's a really complex issue, but I think that there are a few things that we could do differently that would help. And, I think in the, the provincial government um, is is working really hard and, and making more investments than ever. And part of it, so I think there, there are two challenges, well, there are more than two challenges, but sometimes people become homeless, lose their homes simply because they're poor. The cost of housing is rising, the cost of living is rising, and... People end up on the streets, uh, or couch surfing, or any other definition of homelessness, because they simply cannot afford the average cost of a one-bedroom or bachelor in this region, which is, you know, as you know very well, going up exponentially. So that's one reason. And and those folks, they just need, um, you know, something like a rent supplement to be able to afford rent. Uh, so that's that's a relatively easy solution. There are other folks who just need supportive housing. They don't have complex needs, um, but they do need uh, a few supports. And there isn't enough supportive housing. And um, the kind of supportive housing that is made available, you know, it it's it kind of caters to a, a, an older way of thinking. And and unfortunately, again, I I I you never want to kick a gift horse in the mouth. The province has made significant investments, and they're building six new modular buildings of supportive housing across the region they're all opening you know within the next months but every single one of those units in every single one of those um, buildings is a bachelor and people often don't want to go inside not because they don't want housing but because they don't want to lose a sense of community and i think if we want to get people into housing and again i'm talking about supportive housing light light amount of support you know maybe people need some kind of stability um but but not too much uh maybe what about two bedrooms what about having a roommate or a three bed you know when you see people hanging out on pandora they're not hanging out in isolated pods they're hanging out in community and and that's how we want to live in community so i think we'd have much more success actually addressing homelessness and people's needs if we started to build two bedrooms and three bedrooms and, and four bedrooms instead of just cookie cutter bachelors and hopefully the next tranche of, of supportive housing from BC housing will start to reflect that. And then the th- kind of the third pod of, of folks, if you will, are people who have extremely complex needs, who need extreme care uh, and uh, almost like a medical-like setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the province is, is rolling out complex care housing, which will hopefully start to address some of the needs of, of those folks. So those are those are kind of, I would say, three pods of solutions. So there, there are solutions. It's just going to take a lot of investment and effort.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, it's interesting because uh, a couple of things, um, the good home for everyone uh, was rolled out. uh, Minister David Eby um, has rolled out this plan, which I read a little while ago. Very interesting, you know, some uh, 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 interesting facets there. Maybe we'll get a chance to touch on a few of those uh, a little later. Um, And then, of course, there's this homes for living uh, 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 initiative that's going on. If folks haven't read it, you can find it online. Um, Some very interesting, uh, very interesting data there uh, as well, too. Um, In regards to this, I mean, again, we're talking about your eight years uh, in, in the chair. Is there anything that that you weren't able to complete in this area?
1: Uh, well i I would say those those three buckets that I just pointed to i mean you know i've been the co chair of the greater Victoria Coalition to end homelessness uh since since the start yeah. since the start yeah. since since
0: uh, you since you became mayor yeah
1: since I became mayor yeah. that's right and and actually interestingly, we finally changed the bylaws. Uh, because the the original bylaws were written that the mayor of Victoria had to be the, um, co-chair. the co-chair, but now we've we've changed the bylaws so that there need to be three mayors appointed from the CRD, one of whom will serve as co-chair. So after the next election, we will probably see a different face. Well, obviously a different face, but a different position uh, in the in the co-chairs uh, place. So you know, I, I think obviously we would have loved to have ended homelessness by by this time, and and that wasn't possible, but. I, would, I think I would like to have been a little bit further along um, on shifting the kind of, of supportive housing that's built. And again, all of these uh, these housing projects on city-owned land, um, that's a good example. They are a diversity, everything from bachelors to four bedrooms in some cases. Um, but again, that really just started to sink in quite recently, seeing all these modulars going up, like, wait a minute, people, people don't hang out in bachelor units on Pandora or Static One Park, they hang out in community. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I re, I guess I wish I had realized that sooner, and, and maybe we could have seen some different modular uh, coming forward from the province.
0: Oh, and talking about larger units too, because there's also the discussion about the missing middle, which I think we'll get to after after our last break of the day here. But having housing that suits um, families as well too, right? Because that's kind of, you know if you're building just bachelors, it's kind of hard to fit the family unit, right?
1: absolutely it's it's hard to fit the family unit and even you know it's if you're if you're uh, most of these modules are built for people who are experiencing homelessness it's it's difficult to fit your partner like some people want to move in with their partners or you know or a roommate there's a lot of you know one of the things I've I've, you know we've had so so many opportunities with the, the tent city at the courthouse and then the pandemic tent cities and then the way that people are you know still outside now that that and we commissioned a report. The City of Victoria did with federal funding called "The Beginning at the End of Homelessness in in the CRD." And it was a really uh, written by Nicole Sheehan, really good report. She did she did all the detailed research, but also f- followed people like actual humans and 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 you know under tried to understand what were their barriers and and you know one of her key conclusions is that and I already alluded to this is that it's not that people don't want to go into housing, it's that people don't want to lose their community. And if we're going to really end homelessness, we need to figure out how do we take those kinds of communities that people have those close ties in the street, how can they take those in and not fear losing them? Because if they fear losing them, they're just going to go back outside.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the ongoing cycle, right? yeah yeah well again you know if people are wondering why are we having this conversation about this on the whole home show which is you know we talk about homes and and all that it's because it is community because people when they're when they are thinking about their housing situation they often consider the community and they want to know you know what is what's the fabric of the community what you know what's the makeup what's it like and this these are very important topics Yeah.
1: absolutely
0: uh, uh, again we need to take our last break for the day we have mayor lisa helps here. Um, Uh, Lisa, hold tight. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our guest today is Mayor Lisa Helps. We're having a conversation about community and about uh, all of the things that make up the fabric of a community, talking about issues like uh, homelessness, talking about uh, what the city of Victoria uh, has done, can do, and will do moving forward in the area of housing. Again, Mayor Lisa, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, it's great to be back. Thanks for the the last kick at the can, as it
0: were. Uh, oh, it's it's my it's my privilege having you here last few days, you know, before election time. So it's it's great to have you here. And actually, not only that, it is always a, a privilege as well just to see you around at community events and stuff. You know, I I, I for one can say if people are ever wondering, you've been a very active uh, member of the community, and you know, not just during your mayoral days, but uh, even as a city councilor as well too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's it been like? Tell us about uh, a serving as the mayor. Was it what you expected? And, you know, because here we are, we, we look at the slate. And I think there's eight, eight There's eight people going for the job uh, this time. There was a time when there was 16 or some huge, huge slate. Uh, and everyone has this grand idea that becoming the mayor of w- wherever, the city of Victoria, it's an easy job, I can fix everything. It's not really how it turns out, is it now?
1: No, no, but I I think there's a lot. I mean, one of the first things I did is uh, over the Christmas holidays of after being elected, I read the entire Community Charter and Local Government Act so I could understand the full extent of my authority as mayor and uh, and the ability that I, I have to move and that the city has to move within the legislation. And I would say that we worked at the very edge of that for the last eight years, uh, which is why you've seen so much happen in the city. Uh, and also I think why you've seen people look to the city of Victoria for um, for ideas about, about you know, h- how to address some of the, the issues that we're facing. One of the things that was surprising, I was at the Union of BC Municipalities conference in September and, and that's the gathering of all the elected officials on an annual basis um to come together and and the people from across the province were coming up and saying thank you so much you know we just we watched victoria and then we just did that too you know smaller places like like fernie and their plastic bag ban they just you know, so you know i i mean i guess there is something about being the capital city so i guess that's one of the things that surprised me how much influence that our work can have uh, and how much change that our work can initiate um, uh, f- beyond the city in, in some ways uh, across the province. And so that's been very satisfying. Um, but yeah, what it's like is you, you work really hard. Like if you really care about the city, which obviously when you're elected as mayor, that's what your, your job is. Your job is to care about the city, to care about the people, to care about the businesses. You have to work hard. You know, there's there's not a moment... Um, Except, you know, my dad died uh, unexpectedly in January, and those were the first 10 days where I was completely unplugged Uh, until that time. There hadn't been a day or or two where I wasn't doing something, and that's what's necessary if you want to make change for the future.
0: Mm -hmm. You you know, you, uh, sorry to hear about your your father, by the way, Um, but you just mentioned businesses, and it seems to me one of the first things you did when you became mayor was you made connections with the business community. And that is something that that I'd say you have done uh, over the course of the past eight years.
1: Absolutely. Well, I did that because when I ran for mayor, the downtown Victoria retail vacancy rate was upwards of 10 Mm percent, completely unacceptable. I mean, we saw a lot of vacant storefronts. And so that was one of the first things that I wanted to tackle. So, yeah, I, I pulled together a group of folks. And we created Victoria's first economic action plan, making Victoria unleashing potential. And uh, and we set out to achieve those aims within four years. And most of that had been achieved within the first three years, including things like hotel occupancy being 70% year round and all of these indicators that show that we've got a healthy and strong economy. And so after being reelected, um, I pulled uh, a group of folks back together uh, and came up uh, together with a more ambitious economic action plan, which... Uh, That is probably one of the things I feel most proud of the work that we've done as a community, Victoria 3.0. And that really looks out for the next 20 years and says, what kind of city do we want to be as we grow up, essentially, as the world changes, as there's more demand for innovation. Uh, And Victoria 3.0 has has really come to life over the last couple of years. And it's that's going to live on way beyond me being in the mayor's chair.
0: Yeah. Well, and those are the things now aren't they things that uh, someone in your position can can do and it continues on afterwards it's not just while you're you're in the chair right?
1: Absolutely. And one of the things that's just a really an important point to make is that's that's something that a mayor can do, but it's not something a mayor can do alone. Yes. And it's really, you know, you, you pointed out that one of the first things I did after being elected in 2014 was reach out and build relationships with the business community. Um, and it's those relationships that have carried us through some really, really difficult times. And so I just, uh, you know, a, a shout out to everybody who runs a business in this town, who supports businesses in this town. I shouldn't say town, because I just said we're a big city. <laughs> but, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, they are some of the hardest working people that I have ever met and really have struggled through uh, through the pandemic. And I, I just, I really hold my hands up to uh, to the people who who run businesses, to the entrepreneurs, to the tech folks, to the tourism folks. That's been an extraordinary privilege to get to work with them.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, talking about the, the, the union of um, uh, uh, municipalities and everything, and you had also mentioned how, the, you know, there are issues that are sort of Canada-wide. It, it's, it's really interesting when, I guess, sometimes as a local here, we can feel that the problems are Victoria-specific, you know, things that we only find here. But that's not really the truth. I always find it interesting talking to my colleagues in other marketplaces like Winnipeg or Halifax, And because of my background, I often ask how, what's going on there as far as homelessness and affordability. And they're like, oh, we have a huge problem, a huge problem, a huge problem when, you know, average prices there are, well, now they're up, you know, they're, they're still 700,000 or whatever, but we often attribute the, okay, high prices here in Victoria. Yes, there are, um, you know, housing issues. Yes, there are, but it's not just here. It's, it's pretty well anywhere.
1: well and canada has i think the lowest um track record of housing production or housing building in the g20 like we are really really it's a national problem we need a national building boom like to the to the same level of uh, you know the 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 post-war approach right there was just massive injection of cash bungalows going up everywhere now we, we don't need bungalows anymore we need missing middle housing that be the the equivalent of of the uh you know that that same but we need that level of investment there is just with all the with all the people coming to this country and to this province there's simply not enough housing and i mean yes we need affordable housing and all of those things but we we also just need housing housing for families housing for workers housing for people
0: I do read uh, discussion threads that come up, you know, when there's a new release of a, you know, affordable housing building or a rental building. And sometimes the community says, oh, my goodness, you know, that's not affordable. The rents are so high and it's, you know, it's ridiculous. And I think sometimes we need to be reminded that it's part of the housing continuum.
1: Absolutely.
0: And and so, so, so providing this housing enables someone to move up. From where they were at, maybe making available some more affordable housing further down the line, right well, and,
1: and that 's one of the the real shames of missing middle housing being punted until after the election. You know that the analysis at the eleven hour public hearing, particularly from students and young professionals, was astounding. The students were coming and saying, "You know what, please pass this missing middle housing policy. I know that I cannot afford a nine hundred thousand dollar townhouse." But when I am out looking for a place to rent right now, I'm competing with young professionals who actually can afford a $900,000 townhouse. Please build these townhouses so they can get the heck out of my way as a student when I'm just trying to find a place to rent. So I think there was a real missed opportunity with Missing Middle, and hopefully the next council will uh, will bring it back and pass it as one of the first orders of business. Well, that was
0: actually one of my questions that I was going to ask, which was, what, what are some of your hopes of a council coming in?
1: Well, Mayor that's, a, council big that's yeah. a big one. That's a big one. Because
0: the interesting thing is it's essentially going to be a new council because there's uh likely one incumbent and you know, perhaps a, a prior counselor may be coming back, but the rest will be new faces, right?
1: absolutely yeah at least at least well at least seven new faces i mean who i mean who knows it could yes. be eight that, <laughs> that's very unlikely i think yeah. councillor isaac will will get elected uh it's and and then either councillor andrew or councillor alto yeah. uh as as mayor and then yeah the rest will be new and and that's going to be a challenge and, and but you know what i think that's a real opportunity they'll come with their ambitions they'll come with their ideas and i think that uh you know we as a community what we need to do for the next council is give them time to find their seat, not start lobbying criticisms or accolades or anything. Let's just kind of have some quiet around that. Let them get at the table, let them figure out that what they're doing and, and let them get to work.
0: You know, one of the things that I noticed on uh, David Eby's uh, uh, discussion here, or his, his paper was, trying to make, uh, make it easier to develop and cutting red tape as far as development and all that. Um, this is something, uh, again, it makes you wonder it, it, uh, I think it's easy to say or easy to plan. What is the likelihood or, or, or will this see the light of day? Right. Cause there are difficulties with development. People forget about the fact that it's not easy. It's not an easy process. It's a long and sometimes tenuous process, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But that's the whole point of missing middle is it needn't be so if you want to build a single family home, it's not long, long and arduous, you buy a lot, you obviously, you know, knock down the house if it's there, or maybe you've got a vacant lot but in the city, obviously, that's not that realistic. And then you go to, you draw up your plans, you go to city hall, you get your building permit, you build your housing, it's really simple. And the whole idea with missing middle housing, and I think with some of the things that David Eby is wanting to do, is it would be as easy for, well, for missing middle, as easy to build a sixplex as it would be to build a single family home. And in Whitehorse, they have they made this change in uh, early spring, maybe February or March, I was just at a conference with the mayor of, sorry, Yellowknife, Yellowknife. Uh, Mayor of Yellowknife, and they made it, uh, they basically legalized sixplexes everywhere in the city. And they're seeing an uptick in development of those homes for families, just like that.
0: Yeah. Amazing, amazing it's creativity. And, uh, you know, it, it will some some will have their noses out of joint, as typically happens, you know, with with anything, if people who, you know, don't want change to happen. But, you know, as we said, from the very beginning, I mean, here we are in Victoria, there's all these attributes that drive people here. We're, you know, most people here come from somewhere else right yeah. um, you're from Ontario right and I am you, yeah. yeah and uh, people have chosen to live here that's what we have I want to thank you uh, Mayor Lisa Helps for coming here and spending time with us today um, I, and I want to thank you for myself just for your service and for the time you've put in uh, I know that it's a difficult job I know that uh, volunteering oneself for public uh, life public service is not easy and it is not for everyone uh, it has it has been a a, a remarkable eight years and, and uh, thank Thank you for what you have done
1: you're welcome tony and it's been a real honor and privilege to get to serve the uh the victorians residents and businesses of victoria in this role it's the you know one of the biggest honors that i've had in my life is being in this this uh service role for the last eight years so thank you thanks for that
0: eva and we'll see you out there in the community for sure
1: i will i'm not going anywhere
0: fantastic thank you mayor lisa helps uh and to the rest of our listeners we'll be here for you this time next week